Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today we look at our gospel reading from Luke chapter 7. As we have heard Jesus' account of the raising of the son of the widow of Nain. You know, I had always found this text to be of marvelous comfort to all of us who believe in Christ. All of us, dear children of God, can find great comfort in knowing that Jesus cared enough about this woman and about her grief that he raises her son and gives him back to her. Here you have Jesus seeing a woman who has been pierced through the heart, having lost her husband and now her only son. As I have preached in the past, In this compassion of Christ, he looks upon this woman much like he would look upon his own mother as she kneels before him as he dies and takes his last on the cross. He sees a glimpse of Mary, who kneeling before that cross is widowed, having no husband any longer, Joseph having died. And he sees her her as he pours out his last, and she is pierced through her soul in grief and in pain as Simeon had prophesied in the temple when he was just a little boy. But we see here this marvelous power of Christ who came and took on our mortal form for mortal sake. And in this moment, he stops mortality in its tracks. He does what no other man had done of his own power. He speaks, and life returns where it had been removed. The power of Christ, though often veiled in his earthly life, he uses it for our sake, just as he came for our sake. He uses his power occasionally to do such miracles so that you and I would be filled with a great hope, the knowledge of the love of God which surpasses our own knowledge. We know the great and mighty power of God by which he has subjected all things unto himself. Even death is his subject. These miracles where Jesus commands life to return to the dead give us great hope about what awaits each and every one of us who believe and who die in the Lord. This moment in time recorded by St. Luke is a gift to you. And I want you to see it as a gift. A gift for the strengthening of your faith in your life. This is what the battle of life and death looks like. There was no struggle for Christ. He spoke and life returned. St. Paul writes this in Romans chapter 14. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Think about that in context with our gospel reading today. 
In the sleep of death, you are not somehow removed from Christ's lordship. You are not removed from his godly care. You are not removed from the Lord's protection, though you lie in the sleep of death. Even in death, you are the Lord's. He bought you. He purchased you with his holy, precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. You remember that, right? You remember the story of the crucifixion. Do you remember what happened when he gave up his spirit? When he spoke his final words, it is finished. When he died in our place and atoned for our sins, the temple curtain was torn from top to bottom. We now have access to God through Christ. And the earth shook with a violent and tremendous quake. And one part that is often overlooked, since it is only one verse in Matthew's Gospel, we read that the tombs of many of the saints were opened. And after Jesus' resurrection, they came out of their tombs and went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many. You see what happens with Christ's death. By his death, death is conquered. By his resurrection, life is given. I tell you this because this is how it is even now. Jesus is Lord of both the dead and the living. Do not be as those who grieve without hope, for that is to deny Christ and what Christ has done. Grieve those who die in the Lord with hope in Christ, that he is the Lord of the dead and the living, and that the promise which God gives to each of us when he says, and I shall raise them up on the last day, is truth. He will give eternal life to all who believe. So now is the time to believe. Now is the time to live for the Lord, for none of us knows the day nor the hour appointed for our death. When will this congregation gather to bring your body into this sanctuary for its last time? When will be the hour of Christ's return to judge the living and the dead? No one knows the answer to either of these questions, which is why we must take seriously the faith God has granted to us by his Holy Spirit. And not merely say, I am a Christian, but live as to the Lord, using your body and its members for righteousness, serving God in each of your vocations. Taking a slightly different turn, In my handful of years as a young pastor, my fifth year in the ministry, in preaching this text, it was not until this year, after reading another sermon by Walther, that I learned how terrifying this text also is. I just told you how comforting it was, so you might be a little surprised when I say it's also terrifying. But this is why it's terrifying. It's terrifying to those who do not believe, to those who do not live unto the Lord. If they don't think it's terrifying, one day they shall come to know. For St. Paul also writes this, 
For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, for it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself before God. For us who die in the Lord, we need not fear that. For Christ will tell us all the works which he has done in and through us, those that we have not even known. And we will probably act surprised like those sheep separated from the goats who say, O Lord, when did we do such things? But the thing is, Christ will return in judgment. You confess this every week in the Nicene Creed. From thence he shall come in glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. Now, a majority of the world does not believe this. Some people believe in reincarnation. Some people believe in complete annihilation. And others just believe that when you die, that's that. You cease to exist. But that is why this text should be terrifying to those who do not believe. For Christ shows for certain in this text that he can and that he will raise the dead. It will be that at the time when he comes, those who died apart from the Lord will hope for death. And it will not be there. They will wish to die. But instead, they will be raised to eternal damnation. They will search for death, but they shall only see the God of life, who will raise them to the eternal damnation prepared for the devil and his angels. A life of torment, a life of suffering, a life of weeping and gnashing of teeth. There they will experience what they thought they enjoyed in this life, which was separation from God. Except what they do not understand was that while they were yet alive, before the coming of Christ, there was mercy. Every day they breathed, every time they went to work or to school or to play, they were experiencing God's mercy. He, having passed over their transgressions, that he might show them compassion, desiring that all turn from wickedness and believe the truth, believe in his Son, Jesus Christ. But for those who rejected the mercy of God, at the end they will be the recipients of his wrath, At the end, they will beg for his mercy, which they rejected in this life, when they see the power of God manifested in the resurrection of all the dead. But there will be no mercy for them. Jesus said, He who confesses me before men, I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. You are with Christ. You confess the Lord before this world. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the forgiveness of sins. You are a baptized child of God. You have nothing to fear. In this story, you can take comfort. In Christ's power to change the tears of sadness to tears of joy in the resurrection of the dead. 
In this story, you can take comfort, dear child of God, in the magnificent power of Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. The one who makes death powerless is also the one who guards you in this life, who is with you to shower down upon you his compassion and love when you are sorrowful over death. Jesus said the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. And I believe him. What should I fear? If death must submit to him, that also means that all things in life must submit to him. That when he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, we should believe this. That he has power over all things. That our sin has been done away with. Since the wages of sin is death, I also know that my death has been done away with. What shall I fear? We see the power of Christ to raise the dead is the power of Christ to forgive sins. You and I were once dead in our sins and transgressions, our trespasses. But now we are alive unto God through Christ Jesus our Lord, having been baptized into his death and into his resurrection. And at the resurrection of all the dead, we will not be searching for death as those who lived without Christ. Rather, we will be looking face to face with life incarnate, having received our life from him who died and rose again, Jesus Christ, our Savior. So finally, I leave you with this. It's not a perfect image. I know that, since none of us can truly picture the splendors of the new heaven and the new earth. But no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But yet I want you to close your eyes. Seriously, do that. Close your eyes. Picture for a moment that widow of Nain and that first embrace of that widow and her son. What she had believed at one time to be lost to her was restored. He was returned to her. Her son, who had become cold in death, was once warm again. And the strength that left him now returned, and so also returned the love with which she loved him and which he loved her. You and I shall keep our eyes looking forward to this, for the power of Christ will let nothing get in the way of the resurrection, and you shall be reunited with all who have died in the faith. Their bodies will be warm once again, and the love with which you love them will be shown brightly in warm embrace. Sin has been atoned for. Death has lost its sting. And the grave is now a portal to life everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen. In the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.